0: Hey super friends, my name is Neil and this is episode 47 of the Get Your Comic On podcast, greatest number in the universe. We're here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of comic book, film, TV and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. I am of course joined by my very own boy wonder himself, Martin. Say hello Martin.
1: Hello Martin.
0: As always, I'm going to ask you if you can tell the listeners at home what we're talking about this week. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, on deck this week, we've got a little news roundup uh, where I have options on the whiteboard today as to what we're covering in the news. And then we're going to be reviewing a TV show that we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast, but not had a chance to talk about fully, which is HBO Max's The Flight Attendant. Been a couple of weeks since we've podcasted. What have you been up to?
1: Oh, you know, just surviving. (laughs)
0: National Lockdown Mark two is in full swing, uh, having been in Tier 4. So, I haven't left the house in 84 years. It's been 10 years! Only 10? Feels like longer than that. Well,
1: it's been 47.
0: Do you want to explain the reason why the number 47 is so important in this household?
1: Um, I'm going to say no, and okay. perhaps there may be a secret reward if somebody can identify the significance of the number 47
0: okay fair enough if you can identify the significance of the number 47 in this household then maybe we'll dip our hands into the prize draw but for now on with the news First up in the news this week is the story that Warner Brothers has extended the contract of DC Films president Walter Hamada, so he will now remain in charge of DC Films through 2023. Hamada joined uh, DC Films in, I think it was January of 2018. It was not long after the Justice League situation. So he's overseen DC Films through Aquaman, Shazam, Joker, Birds of Prey. Wonder Woman 1984 and obviously the upcoming films so everything that's currently on the slate Suicide Squad, The Batman, Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, all of those are under the watch of Walter Hamada. So congratulations to him extending his tenure. DC films had had a little revolving door of presidents before that including the illustrious Jeff Johns. Was he a president? I think they thought of him as a bit of a Feige. You know the whole story, which I've told before, which you'll probably say, oh god, you tell me this every time. Probably, But um, Kevin Feige and Jeff Johns trained together in the film industry under Richard Donner, who was the director of the Christopher Reeve Superman film. So they kind of came up in the industry together. So I think Johns was seen by Warner Brothers as a bit of a Feige alternative for DC. But Walter Hamada is the man who is in charge. He seems like a lovely guy as well, despite what you might read in the press from one certain cyborg actor ray fisher who is currently trying to sort of remove hamada from his post (laughs) but that's not what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about how we feel about dc films and their current trajectory in this news piece
1: oh god that's quite a heavy news piece isn't it how do i feel about it yes um all right i think i mean what what's the trajectory what's next what's next on the slate we've had wonder woman 84 Suicide Squad is next. Oh, yeah, I'm quite excited
0: about that. And then you roll into uh, the Batman.
1: Yes, I'm quite excited about that as well. Black Adam. Uh, I'm not that bothered.
0: Shazam 2. Um,
1: Moderately excited about it. Aquaman 2. Moderately excited.
0: As well as... as Mild
1: to moderately excited for (laughs) Aquaman, we'll see.
0: Okay. Part of this news is also the fact that uh, DC is looking at how they can... Cross promote every single movie release. Oh, oh God! I forgot the Flash.
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so they're looking at each of the upcoming films. Moderate
1: to severely excited about that one.
0: <laughs> Moderate to severe. They're looking at each of the upcoming films and also identifying whether each film or which films can have companion series on HBO Max. So, like for the Batman, you've mm. got GCPD. For Suicide Squad, you've got Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. So they're looking at each one of the film properties and saying, what can we do on HBO Max that accompanies this or just fleshes out that world slightly? And they're also looking at producing one to two HBO Max-exclusive movies each year. So at the moment, Batgirl and Static Shock are two characters they're working on who they will make films of, but those films will go direct to streaming rather than to the big screen. So I guess a similar tact to what Marvel is now doing with Disney+, Plus in that characters like... She Hulk will appear first on Disney Plus and will then cross over into the movies at some point. I think it's good that they've got some solid leadership. That's, you know, he's been there for two, almost three years, now going to be there for another couple of years as well. I think it's good to see them having some stability.
1: He's got some, you know, he's, he's got a good success story behind him with Birds of Prey and Shazam and stuff. Hmm. Hopefully, that he's. Continues. I guess
0: he's kind of probably now holding the keys to the. Uh, um, spoiler for anybody that's not read the final issue of Dark Knight's Death Metal but he's now kind of got the omniverse in his control when it comes to film and HBO Max as well
1: interesting times ahead Hmm.
0: congratulations to him next up today is uh this one I actually I'm not surprised by But at the same time, I do think it's slightly shocking. And that is the news that the CW has passed on a series order for Arrow spin-off, Green Arrow and The Canaries. You will remember this show had a backdoor pilot as the penultimate episode of Arrow's final season a year ago. It was January last year, that Uh screened. And was set to star Kat McNamara as um, Mia Smoke. They called her Mia Queen, kind of, both. And uh, also... Confusing real names with character names. Uh Katie Cassidy as Laura Lance and Juliana Harkavy as Dinah Drake, the black canaries. But they have decided that they're not going to pick that one up, so it is no longer it's no longer happening. That's the end of Green Arrow and the Canaries. The reason I say I'm not surprised, I didn't think it was great. I personally wasn't a huge fan of Mia Smoke. I know you weren't either.
1: I mean, I'm not sad. <laughs>
0: no but I mean it had it had an audience people are very disappointed that it's not happening so I I feel sorry for people that were looking forward to it especially as they have spent a whole year saying no news no news no news no news and now this is the news so I do think I do think it's sad but I'm not wholly surprised the reason that I said I'm a little bit shocked is that's the first DC show that they've passed on that we are aware of that's the first one that's filmed anything that was a potential series that had been discussed and had plans for and you know casting and everything that isn't happening so that that's why I find it a little bit of a shocker
1: well you don't want to over the market again do you they've got a lot of properties
0: so that's the thing I mean if you look at this year you've got Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl, Legends, Black Lightning, Superman and Lois so that's already six shows although two of those are ending this season Stargirl Stargirl is yeah we don't quite know how she's folded in but is also on the CW yeah so that's I mean that's so that's seven shows alone and yes two are ending but still that's a that's seven hours a week if they were all airing an episode I know obviously they're not all airing at the same time but that if you had them doing that you would have a different DC show every day of the week which is like the most exciting thing I think you could possibly do <laughs> I would take a new DC show every single day of the week but yeah there's nothing to say that these characters can't now turn up in Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, we know that that show has a revolving cast, so if they... It would be nice to see Laurel and Sarah share the screen again because it's been a while since we've seen the, the Lance sisters together, but also if there is a huge fan base out there for Mia, which there there seems to be, then there's still plenty of life that they could have for that character elsewhere. You're grimacing. I hope not. <laughs> oh, you not me not wheeze that,
1: laugh. I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean if there's a huge following then that's fine just not for me
0: (laughs) just not for you Not for me okay i'll move on to the next story so today we got the news that sony pictures has postponed the release of jared leto's morbius as in morbius the living vampire it was due for release in march of 2021 but look where we are now we are in the second week of january and we don't look like we're coming out of lockdown anytime soon so it doesn't look like cinemas are going to be opening anytime soon so that's now been pushed to october
1: god that's a big push
0: yep it's gone back seven months and will now release on october the 8th
1: oh that makes get closer to halloweeny
0: it does and venom actually came out at a similar time of year So they could be looking at capitalising on the kind of success that Venom had, because that was, you could call that a runaway success, really, for that film, especially given how much it was not as closely tied to the source material as you would hope. It does put Morbius quite close to Venom, which is released at the end of June. Uh, I thought uh, Venom was supposed to be later than that, but I apparently can't remember my dates, but can you really forgive me in this day and age, not knowing when a film's being released? So Venom's out at the end of June, and then Morbius will come in October, so we'll have a couple of quite close together Sony Spider-Man-esque movies, though. If Venom does well, it could, in theory, only just be leaving the cinema as Morbius comes out. In theory. Yep. Although that the story that uh, that this news comes from does also suggest that there are plenty of other films which are likely to end up getting bumped in the next few weeks. So The King's Man is due in just a couple of months' time. You've also got Black Widow, which is due in May. A little bit further away, but Given that America hasn't started mass vaccinations yet, and we're in a position here where we're we're still not getting that far with vaccinating, it's unlikely that we'll be in a position by May that cinemas will be open. So, well,
1: you never know. I mean, we are...
0: well we might, but will America? I suppose is the question. I Suppose it's not really
1: about us, it's about America, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So seem it seems that it's now being mooted for the first time more seriously that uh, Black Widow may end up going to Disney Plus. <sighs> Something that I think they really want to avoid, but. At the same time, I don't know that they can avoid it for too long. I think if you look at Wonder Woman, I think Wonder Woman lost some potential steam that it could have had because it was nearly a year from when it should have been released and people are only going to remain excited for so long till it's like, oh God, you remember? I know I was really excited for that film, but actually so much has happened and it's been so long that I'm not as excited anymore.
1: But the question is, if Disney release it, Will it's... that be the death of cinema before <laughs> they get the same flat? I
0: thought you were going to say, How much will they charge you to watch it on Disney Plus? Well, that as well.
1: <laughs> It'll be one arm, please.
0: Don't be mean. I'm not being mean, I'm just making a, an observation. It's a business model. These films cost a lot of money, and they need to try and make that money back somehow. So it's going to be interesting. I, t- I don't know why, but I foolishly thought that we were going into this year with probably a bit more of a solid plan as to when we would see most of the films being released this year, but that is sadly not the case. If you've got any thoughts on the news stories that we've covered in this week's episode, then do get in touch and let us know. You can find us via the usual social media channels. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at getyourcomic-on. You can also find us on Facebook. Not many people interact with us on Facebook, but we're there if you want to. Likewise, you can find me at Neil Vag, and you can find Martin at Boy Wonder 1989 Final bit of news is actually us-related this week. Is it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. They keep making me do some sort of, like, Velociraptor laugh. Clever girl. <laughs> uh, it is. Just two bits of news to talk about from us really, really quickly. First one is that we've started doing a new weekly video roundup of the week's top stories in the news. So it's generally two, two and a half minutes so that we can post it on uh, Twitter and Instagram really, really easily, but also available on our YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com forward slash get your comic It's just a really quick roundup of the uh, top stories from the week. We've done two episodes so far. First one was hosted by me. Second one was hosted by James, one of the uh, writers for the website. Still waiting to see if we're going to convince Boy Wonder here to do an episode.
1: I mean, I'm I'm willing to be convinced.
0: <laughs> okay. So each episode comes out on a Friday night roughly around uh, 6.30 and just recaps the biggest stories from the Monday to Friday period just in case there was anything that you had missed in the news. Nice little bite-sized way to get some, uh, some more information from us and also see a bit more of the team. The other story from us is that we are launching a brand new Patreon channel. This is something that we've been thinking about doing for a little while just because we know there's a lot of you out there who are big fans of the show and it's always great to hear your feedback and we love when you get involved and a few of you have asked us about it and we just thought okay it's it's not something that we necessarily felt we needed to do because we need to make money or we're struggling to be able to produce this podcast anything like that. Do not worry you Don't subscribe, we're not going away anywhere. This is just our way to give you some extra content for those of you that would like to get involved a bit more. So it's uh, available now www.patreon.com forward slash get your comic on. There's three different levels of subscription. The first one is called Super Friend, which is one pound per month. For that, you will be added into our newsletter. So we send out a newsletter once a week from the website with the, the most recent news, and we do also send out breaking news stories. And we will give you a shout out on the podcast. Level two is called Super Duper Friend. That's £2 a month. And that one will get you a special shout out and heartfelt thank you message from both Martin and I, as the hosts. And also, we'll get you added to our newsletter. And you'll have access to some extra bonus content on uh, Patreon that comes from some of the writers on the website. So, myself and some of the others are going to be doing some extra reviews and bits and pieces. And then, lastly, For £3 a month, you can join the League of Extraordinary Super Friends, and that will get you everything that I've just mentioned before, so a shout-out, a heartfelt message from the two of us added to our newsletter, extra reviews, but we'll also get you priority access to new podcasts, so we'll be releasing them because they're normally ready 24 hours or so in advance before we release them. You'll be available to listen to them a little bit earlier than everybody else, and you'll get access to some extra bonus materials from behind the scenes, so for the last week or so while we've been preparing this podcast I've been filming so I've been filming bits and pieces like our recording session right now and uh, I've sat and really probably come across as slightly narcissistically interviewed myself on camera (laughs) as in I wrote myself a list of questions pointed a camera at myself and sat and answered them so there's a nice little behind the scenes featurette coming up shortly as well for those who <laughs> want to see what goes into making an episode of the Gay Comic Con podcast.
1: I mean, you could film me my uh, behind-the-scenes process but it's just me sitting on the couch, eating a biscuit.
0: Well, the whole thing is was planned to be roughly five minutes and I scheduled around five seconds for what do you do to prepare? Nothing. And what do you contribute? It's alright.
1: Well, if, if my contribution means that little... I'll be off,
0: <laughs> madam. <laughs> so if you are if you are interested in subscribing, it is available now, patreon.com forward slash getyourcomicom. This is not a hard sell. I shall not repeat this message in such a lengthy manner again in the future. But a huge thank you to anybody that does from from both of us. It's been nearly two years that we've been doing this and Martin still hasn't learned that sometimes he needs to make a sound and not nod at the microphone.
1: Well, it's just my, my lack of contribution,
0: really. <laughs> Not going to let that one go anytime soon, are you? Nope. That's it for the news this week. Let us rattle on with our extra special fun review.
1: Rattle or prattle on? <laughs>
0: oh, if it's you, then prattle. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So this week we're finally going to talk about the TV show that I put as my number one show of 2020 quite controversially (laughs) I might add we've spoken about it a couple of times on this podcast before but we keep saying we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it now we are finally talking about it HBO Max's The Flight Attendant produced by and starring our favorite Harley Quinn Kaylee Cuoco The series co-stars, Michael Huisman, Zosia Mamet, T.R. Knight, the wonderful Michelle Gomez, Colin Woodall, Merle Dandridge, Griffin Matthews, Nolan Gerard Funk, and the brilliant Rosie Perez, who I sometimes struggle not to see as uh, Renee Montoya, but, you know, I'll, I'll deal. The full first season of The Flight Attendant, which is eight episodes, is available to stream now on HBO Max in the US. We don't yet know for 100% where it's going to air here in the UK, but as soon as we do, we will let you know. The series has been picked up for a second season, which is very, 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 very exciting. Now, I have to preface this by saying neither of us have read the original book that this is based on. So our review, which by the way will be spoilerific, uh, is in no way comparing the Flight Attendant TV series to the Flight Attendant book.
1: I've read some really bad reviews
0: of the book, though. Me too. But I've also read some very good reviews of the book.
1: Okay, I say I don't read the good ones. I always go straight to the bad ones.
0: And that's why you don't engage with things that you're not so sure about, because you always just read the negative rather than reading how many people like it. But even
1: then, if I see something that everybody likes, I'm like, oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> anyway, what did you think about The Flight Attendant? So, oh. usual setup. I've shown you the trailer. I've told you we're going to watch this show. I've told you it's got Kaylee Cuoco in it. What did you think?
1: Um, so we'll just go back a couple of steps. You didn't show me the trailer. Oh. And you didn't tell me Kaley Coco was in it. You just did a Saturday morning. We're going to watch this pilot. And I'm going, oh, for the love of God, not another bloody pilot.
0: Oh, I could have sworn i told you about it beforehand. No. Okay. So, so it's a Saturday morning. I've told you that you're watching a pilot, almost literally, called the flight attendant. What are you thinking? I go, oh, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell also the name of a brilliant horror movie which is out this week all right all right one thing at a time yes yeah, sorry continue
1: so that's what i thought well i probably didn't say bloody hell I probably see something a lot worse
0: probably yes but i went do you
1: know what it's Saturday morning it's lockdown what can we do but watch a pilot
0: okay so the we how many i'm trying to remember how many episodes we watched on the first day I think there were two episodes that were streaming, or was it three? Was I think it might have been three that came out in the first week. So I'm pretty sure we watched all three fairly quickly, but sort of back to back. What were your feelings on that first episode then?
1: Well, when I first watched it. I got past the the opening and I thought, Oh, this is just gonna be another one of those catch me if you can type. Just because of the way it was like what was the theme tune again? Hum the theme tune. Can you hum the theme tune? No. Yeah. But it was like that plinky plonky, like yeah. running through... Yeah, you mean. It's very sort of, of
0: piano-based, sort of slightly jazzy, slightly mis-like randomly structured yeah. pieces of music like, by the wonderful Blake Neely, actually, who does a lot of the scores for uh, CWDC shows.
1: Yeah, so I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's going to be like a murder mystery. Mm, I don't know.
0: There was a lot of shifting small images on screen as well. So that kind of catch me, if you can, uh, little strips of different footage overlaying and moving around animated style.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Plinky plunky Murder Mystery, Airporty, yep. Catch Me Canny, sort of stuff. But you know, within about thirty seconds of Miss Coco and Detective Montoya, I was right in there. I was like, This is actually quite good. Okay. So what was it that you liked? It was just it just gripped me. I was gripped from the from the word goal.
0: The story, the characters. All of it. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: no, it was an interesting story. It took a turn that I was kind of expecting it to take, but not really expecting it to take. Okay, and what was that? I can't remember. Well, I was expecting it to be like a murder mystery, but not to that level murder mystery.
0: So, were you thinking it was going to be more? And I think this is something we've talked about before when talking about uh, Kaylee in Harley Quinn. But you were were you expecting more of the penny comedy? less of the comedy drama or the black comedy
1: no i was just expecting something a bit more obvious
0: all right okay in what way I don't know now
1: you're asking me all these questions
0: <laughs> it's a podcast <laughs> i know I this is what him. we do yeah we do this don't we you
1: ask me questions and i don't prepare Then i don't remember these things it wasn't what i was expecting and i liked that it was
0: different okay so what i was trying to say was what was it that you were expecting? Like a catch me if you can. Okay, so more more poppy and pulpy. Yeah. Okay, here not, we go. we got that on the end.
1: Not a very
0: bizarre line of question.
1: No, it's like a comedy drama with secret agents and mm-hmm. flawed characters with interesting backstories that pull you in. Okay. Because normally you get like a supported actress or a support actor and you're like, oh, okay, they've got a story, but I'm not really that bothered. I'd rather have the main yep. story. Whereas all these stories were very interesting and intersected.
0: Well done, you pulled that back there at the end. Da, da, da. Yeah. Well done.
1: Pulled that one at Mars. Any other questions? Was that what? What did you think? There I was we go. To ask you, aren't I? Yeah.
0: The same question that you forget to ask every time.
1: Well, you just talk and talk and talk. I sometimes I don't even have to. You just go for it.
0: So I, uh, I really enjoyed. I had obviously seen the trailer. I obviously knew about it beforehand. Uh, so I was already quite excited for it. But I like you did not get what I expected. So I expected, again, I foolishly expected something Penny-esque even though I've seen what she can do in Harley Quinn. I didn't expect a live action piece that she would be in to, to go as far as it did or for it to be as different than what you could say she could easily be typecast as having done what she's done in the past. So I thought it was flipping brilliant. And it's, it yeah, everything about it was just not what I expected, but in really positive ways. So I thought it was a very engaging mystery. I thought, like you, that all the supporting characters were really, really great and really well cast as well. So, like, TR, it's great to see T.R. Knight, someone who I've not really seen in anything since Grey's Anatomy, in, in something. And an amazing brother-sister relationship between the two of them. And, again, the story with, I'm not going to call her Renee Montoya. The story with Rosie Perez was also, I think, really interesting. And like you say, it was it was a case of all of the main cast had interesting subplots rather than it being kind of distractions from the main plot. It was just a, yeah, a great pilot all round. I thought a great pilot.
1: It didn't suffer from that piloty feeling.
0: No, it did not suffer from pilotiness at all. There wasn't an extreme amount of exposition, and it just it yeah, it was it was very well paced. I thought very well written that felt like an incomplete sentence it was very well paced and very well written full stop <laughs> full stop yes
1: new paragraph
0: two more episodes were released at the same time and then the rest of the series played out uh two episodes at a time apart from the finale which aired on its own but let's we i'm not going to bother taking it kind of week by week well, how I, did I you feel about remember. the season as a whole what were your highlights
1: um highlights I don't know if I would have a highlight. I think I'm not gonna give you like a highlight scene
0: or a moment.
1: So I love the relationship between Cassie and Annie. Yes. That's a very good point. That's a together, very
0: strong relationship in this programme.
1: Well, I'm trying to make it. Sorry. Um I thought the chemistry between those two was amazing. It really was. It was how they did that, it was flawless. The way they bounced off of each other was fantastic and this like weird dysfunctional friendship that works but it doesn't really work because I don't really know anything about each other if you dig a little deeper but actually they're always still there for each other I really like that I felt quite concerned for Cassie so did I I don't normally really care for people on screen um I mean I care about the storyline and things but I don't really normally like worry for them
0: no but I did I felt
1: generally it comes like that girl needs to sort herself out I'm quite you know Let's go look after her.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. She is a very amiable character from a very amiable actress, as we've talked about before. But there was just, just like, oh, come on, hen. let's We can figure this out. It's not it's not the end of the world.
1: Well, I wanted to take her for a scan of her liver and get some blood. I mean, that might be a vodka she was drinking. <laughs> well, that's, that's because you're a nurse. Oh, so we need to have a reward here to sort this out. <laughs> But we got, we got there in the end. I was quite pleased for it. We had a little emotional breakthrough and the rabbits made sense. So that was my highlight, I would say, the journey that I was taking on.
0: Okay. So then conversely to that, was there anything that you ended up thinking, do you know what, that could have been better or it didn't need that or was there something that you looked at that you thought you liked and you could have used more of? I thought bits of it were a bit
1: nuts. And it kind of made sense because when I was reading the bad reviews of the book, some of it said that as the book progressed, the storyline became more nuts and it just didn't make any sense. But I think looking at that cast and the people in those roles, because it was nuts and because I think because it was their portrayal of the nuts, it all worked amazingly well. Okay. I know that sounds really weird saying that they portrayed nuts really well. Yep. If you could take that out of the context, which I'm hoping that you don't. It's like a very fantastical storyline. Yeah. So it, you'd expect it to go along the lines of, okay, it's a murder mystery, and then you go, oh, that's a bit weird. and Oh, my God, there's, like, aliens have just dropped down from the sky, and <laughs> that's what's happened.
0: But they don't play it particularly straight, so it, it the way they play it helps make it more believable. Yeah. That makes sense. I think for me, we're probably in the same wavelength for this one, really. I really enjoyed Cassie's, journey through the season like we were just saying I think very much I wanted to just pick her up and give her a hug until it would all be all right so it was interesting seeing how she uncovered everything I think I really enjoyed the counterbalance between her managing to succeed to unravel quite a complex smuggling weapons ring gangland plot whilst our poor FBI agents weren't really able to get very far with even who was a genuine suspect in the murder of Alex. So I quite liked that. And I also really liked the uh, the gender roles in this as well. So I quite enjoyed that the... Uh, well, Van White, I mean, it's in his name, was just a generic white boy privilege FBI guy and that he was completely counterbalanced by Kim and the fact that she even pointed it out to him and said, "Look, I've been doing this job a hell of a lot longer than you, white boy privilege. It's much easier for you to get somewhere in the FBI than me." So and I just quite liked the fact that it it challenged some stereotypes in those kinds of dramas. It's nice to see a uh, just a normal female friendship in the center of it as well with Annie and Cassie like you were saying. I think they there was some great chemistry between the two of them. Neither of us have mentioned who is probably the second most starring person in this programme, flipping Michelle Gomez Miranda. Oh, yeah, she's everywhere at the minute, isn't she? She is. Old Missy. And she is amazing. She is so funny. She has some razor-sharp wit in this programme, as she does in Doctor Who and as she does in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But, my God, she is amazing.
1: I do like it when she maintains her Scottishness as well.
0: Yes, she's. I think she's even more funny with a Scottish accent. There's, I, actually, even mentioning her kind of leads into the fact that there's quite a bit of misdirection in this programme as well. So, I mean, we spend a long time thinking about who Miranda is and what Miranda's doing, and actually it turns out to not necessarily be the case. There are some good twists, I think, in the plot. Would you agree? It's very twisty. Hmm. I really wanted poor Cassie to end up with, uh, with Buckley. Oh, that, yeah, there was something funny about him. Was it the cats? I say this whilst there's a cat in my lap, pour, pouring, purring at the microphone.
1: No, there was just something I couldn't quite take to him. I thought he's not a good influence for our Ar- really? cassie. Mm. Why? I don't know. You just get a sense for these, these rogue young men.
0: <laughs> okay. Well,
1: Encouraging the drinking.
0: I really liked Buckley.
1: Made her steal a bloody racehorse, not a racehorse, a carousel horse. Yep. Didn't go down the races. No. Didn't take old Snow Biscuit, whatever his name was. Sea Biscuit.
0: No. No.
1: Yeah. Something about him.
0: Hmm. Dear, so in a in a long line of disastrous male encounters, that was just another one. Just another one. I thought he was gonna be the one to help Cassie settle down.
1: Uh, too chaotic, those actors. <laughs> well,
0: I was rooting for the, the
1: Italian barman.
0: Oh, I do you know what? It turns out I follow him on Instagram and I can't for the life of me think why. I needed to look and see what else he'd been in. Um, that is the wonderful Alberto Fraser. He has also been in Station 19, the Grey's Anatomy spin-off.
1: I've not seen that. Is that the fire
0: one? Yes. He's in Charlie's Angels, the TV series. Oh, no, He's that. also in Criminal Minds. He's in Dead of Summer, Broad Squad, Touch. He must have been in something that I'd seen him in that then meant I followed him on Instagram because I went to follow him, as I do with casts of stuff that we watch, and I already did. I was a bit surprised by that one. But he yeah, actually, I'll give you that one. He was probably the nicer guy than Buckley at the end of the day.
1: It's a shame that there were continents apart. Yes. But he was there for when she needed
0: him. Okay, so you lead into a good point there about continents. Part, did you appreciate the fact that they actually filmed internationally rather than it being kind of like Rome, Vancouver,
1: yeah, or Rome, LA, yeah? I, I liked that. I appreciate that, and you could feel it in the budget and the ambiance of the storyline. of these exotic, hmm. I do think it places. really
0: did add to the whole overall atmosphere of the program that they actually went to that much effort. It mean it made it look different than other shows.
1: It felt very, like, ooh. International. Yeah. That's my way to describe it. like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, this is exciting. Where are we now?
0: <laughs> it was also nice to see loads of New York as well, having been a couple of times. I felt like I recognised a few places, which was quite nice.
1: I know, but then it's just really sad. Like, oh, remember when we were there in happier times. <laughs> it's really
0: sad because it's COVID times and we can't go there now.
1: Remember when we used to go on holiday? We used to see people.
0: I was about to say let's wrap this up, but actually we've not really talked about the central plot at the <laughs> of the whole program. So, what were your thoughts on uh, how Cassie would often go into her own mind to chat with Alex and the fact that although he was murdered in the first episode, not a spoiler, it's in the trailers that he's then in every subsequent episode. How did you feel about that? Some of that flashbacky in her head stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I was quite concerned that she was just having some sort of alcohol-induced delirium. Giant rabbits. And giant rabbits. So I thought she was having some sort of like encephalitis or something.
0: Would you like to explain that terminology for anybody that's not medical? She doesn't know very well. Um, but
1: it's a nice sort of narration of her journey into accepting her inner demons fighting the alcohol, you know. Because mm, yeah. that was essentially her rock bottom, really. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than being so drunk that you don't remember climbing the paper a, a dead body, really.
0: <laughs> yes. Shouldn't we laugh at that, should I? No,
1: it's not funny.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a bit dark. Yes. And how about Alex being kind of a central figure in trying to help solve his own murder?
1: Well, I suppose he wasn't really, because it's sort of it's a, a shadow of her, really. yeah, It's her trying to...
0: I mean, she'd only really known him for one night, so, you know. Well, we should even remember half of that.
1: So it's a, it's a nice spend to keep him in the show as well, because from the start, he was, their chemistry was pretty good as well. So it's nice to see a bit more of that. So I'm all for it. Hmm. What about you? I don't know, I've gone very BBC Two there.
0: There were a couple of times when I wondered if they'd be able to keep that going throughout the whole season without it becoming a little bit laborious, but it didn't.
1: They were shaking it up, weren't they?
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and there were some really interesting parts in it. So the towards the end of the season, when there was like a giant pile of vodka bottles and stuff like that, it was interesting to see how the world inside her head reflected her emotional state in the real world. I thought that was really interesting and thought, a great plot device. I don't know how the Americans do it. What drink, treat vodka. I mean, I can drink straight vodka. It's not a good thing to do. I
1: mean, I've only done it once and I can't remember how I got home. So okay, that's probably why she woke up next day to her body.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Don't drink straight vodka. Anyway, sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, you've thrown me right off my point. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, interesting in how it... Oh, what I was going to say was, uh, it was it became an interesting way for the show to deal with exposition. You could say in a in a straight up kind of murder mystery, a lot of that would be it would probably be presented the same way. It would just be dialogue between two characters, but it would be dialogue between two characters, like sat across a table like you and I, or in an interview room at the FBI, or you know, it would be some of those conversations between Annie and and Cassie. But actually, the fact that she's having a conversation with the the murder victim, I think it it took away some of that kind of obviousness of the exposition that the writers needed to put across to help you keep up with the mystery and what was happening. So I think it, it cleverly helped move the plot along.
1: It's like one of those old detective noirs where you get the like the voiceover when they're sitting drinking a coffee in the middle of the night. <laughs> He's like, I've just looked at the case study and I put these bits together. That kind of exposition. Where she's doing it in her head in a funny way. Yes. Did they really explain <laughs> that very well to
0: <laughs> No, no, you did. It was... I didn't realise that you watch so many Detective Noirs.
1: Well, no, I'm just thinking of, like, The Naked Gun, when it has, like, the comedy voiceover. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm I thought that you were more of an Angela
0: Lansbury type. Oh, I do
1: like a bit of Angela Lansbury, though. I mean, if you want to solve a, mur- a murder...
0: A murder. A murder,
1: you call me Jessica. She'll sort
0: you right out. <laughs> right. Anyway.
1: But I think that's why I quite liked it, because it kind of harks back to those fun murder mysteries. It's a bit like that film. Knives Out. Knives Out. Get the word. There? I was going to say the James Bond film. <laughs> it's not really James Bond. But like a quirky yeah. murder mystery with a really strong cast with a bit of a fantastical storyline. Hmm. But because they're a strong cast and there's that nice little bit of comedy, it all works. And you leave you wanting more. Absolutely. You should put that on the website. That was quite good. <laughs> See, you could write a review if you were pushed. I know, but I write so much of other stuff. I, can't. I don't have the time.
0: Okay, so let's wrap this up. Uh, what, how did you feel about the ending? Did you feel like this nicely wrapped up the story?
1: It did. It did it in a nice way, but it left it open for a series two. Because I know there hasn't been a second book. Am I making that up?
0: I don't believe there has been a second book, okay. no. Okay.
1: So the character's in a good position. Mm hmm. She's fixed ish. She's got a wee chip. Or what was it? It's a Alcoholics chip. Anonymous, yep. Yeah. And then they're sort of ready for the next thing. Yeah. And it sets it up nicely, because what did they say in episode one, when the FBI agents were chatting, they're like, oh, well, you know, she could be CIA, because CIA have got lots of flight attendants. Yeah. Because they're the ones that go unseen. Yes. And I was like, oh, that would be interesting. I'd love to see her do more of our undercover big glasses and scarf.
0: She's not quite a Sydney Bristow.
1: No, I feel like that's what I would be like if I was trying to sneak through. It'd be more obvious than yes conspicuous
0: absolutely you are if there were if there was one way to describe you it was it would be more obvious than conspicuous
1: i'm being very quiet oh no i've just knocked over 10 things and smashed a glass
0: yes that's that's you in everyday life yeah
1: please no pictures please (laughs) any
0: fears for potential second season um
1: they they don't have a strong enough storyline compared to the first series
0: it'll be interesting to see what they do decide to do with it next I don't they've had discussions about it I think was what was said in some of the interviews but I don't know if they have any stories actually even written yet it will be interesting to see like you I think it was great that they neatly packaged season one I think that was always the plan that it would have a definitive ending I mean there was no guarantee that there would be a second season I mean there'd be no guarantee that they would even want to make a second season based on the fact that it's a one story book I am excited to see more because I like this cast and I like what they've been able to do so far. Like you, I do hope that they have got a really good story. I wonder what it will be like with a slightly more together version of Cassie. So I'm I'm interested to see what a more sober version of her is able to do. But I still think she will manage to get herself in a lot of quite fantastical trouble just because of who she is. Yeah, and I can't wait. No, I can't wait either. It was very exciting news. I hoped that there was going to be a second season, but at the same time, I, like we just said, I only hoped it if there was a, if they felt there was a story that was worthwhile. It's not the kind of show that I would want to continue if they didn't think they had a good way to do it. Yeah, it's
1: not going to be like a murder of the week show, is it? No. It needs to be a nice, fantastical storyline.
0: And likewise, I don't think it's a show that will run for the next sort of 10 years. It's going to be a thing where they'll have a few good stories up their sleeve and they'll do a, a good thing with her and then that'll it'll just be what it is.
1: And I'm okay with that.
0: I am absolutely okay with that. I'm. I could watch it over and over again. I can say
1: it's got a high rewatchability factor. It does. So that's a word. I'm so you would recommend word. this. I Final
0: would. words from Boy Wonder on the Flight Attendant season one.
1: So give it a watch, but with a soft drink, not straight vodka, because it's not good for you.
0: Very good. And I will just say, watch it. It's bloody brilliant. So I can't say fairer than that. Just watch it. It's so watchable. Just watch. Like I said at the beginning of this review, The Flight Attendant Season 1 is available to stream now in full on HBO Max in the US. We are waiting for confirmation as to where you'll be able to watch it in the UK and we will tell you absolutely as soon as we know where that will be. (music) That's it for this week. That's everything from us. Nice simple one this week. Bit of news review coming up in a couple of weeks time when we are back i believe if everything falls according to plan according to plan bit of the corpse bride for you there uh, it will be a bit of a star trek special will it yes because star trek discovery has just wrapped season three on um. netflix Production is beginning on Star Trek Picard Season 2 mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard Season 1 is just about to hit DVD and Blu-ray here in the UK oh. and Star Trek Lower Decks is also just about to premiere on Amazon Prime It is me, it's Warp
1: 9
0: It is, which is dangerous for the universe if you'll learn from an episode of The Next Generation if you want to save the environment of space you need to not use high warp speeds so we will save that discussion for in two weeks time when we are back with a brand new episode well, so, I was
1: going to say they went to Warp 10 and Voyager
0: which is very dangerous for the environment, that's all I can say. Well, I mean... I always thought Janeway was careless, but there you go, you've just proved it to me right there.
1: I mean, it ends up with bloody Janeway and Paris turned to fish. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Until next time. Oh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Bye! Bye. Bye.